Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church and online viewers. Uh, the monitor up here is not on, guys. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We have a, an anointed speaker this morning, Mrs. Young, Prophet Sunni, going to be talking about something that we all have in our homes. <coughs> Jesus had many names, and Sunni has many names because he has many characteristics. They used to call her the hammer. I call her the soft hammer now because she makes it hurt so good. <laughs> Father in heaven, I ask you to bless the message. Let the people be able to receive it and learn how to function and move and flow in the kingdom of heaven to understand what this is and how that um, it relates to their life and how that we can become something new by the word of God and the spirit of God. And let her have that anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Lou. We already had a sermon on the way here. I had one. He had one, yes. <laughs> so he's all ready. Can you tell he's anointed this morning already? Yes. So you see in this picture, what is that? Snow. It could be snow. It could be, yes. It, it is salt. It is salt. Okay. So why salt? Why is Sunni talking about salt? Why she bring the picture of salt? Oh, yes. And many more. Yes, many more. Okay. So this, is, this was a pretty interesting. Pretty interesting for me. So I will tell you this ahead of time. This message definitely for me. And it really took me to sit and think about things deeper, which I, Lord, which is the Lord's been dealing with me anyway. I hope everybody, Lord's been dealing with you too. He should, you should. If you don't, if everything's hunky-dory, I don't know about that. Okay. Is that so? What is the meaning of the salt covenant? Okay, so when we went to Jonathan's house and we staked the land and we pray, repent, and, and we did communion in the land, then we put top with the salt. So, why do we do that? Yes. But we need to know more deeper meaning, I thought. And actually, why this come out of it was I was brushing my teeth. And Lord brought the memory of a long time ago. Things happened to me in a church. And I, the power of the Holy Spirit came down. And actually, it was a deliverance. But the, the, the sermon I was listening, it was about the salt. But it wasn't about the salt covenant. It was about the people didn't have anything. The missionary went to the mission field, and he took the toothpaste from America, but he ran out. So he was looking around, and he found the salt. He said, hey, I could use salt. So he was brushing his teeth with salt. That's when, that was the last word I heard before I went down. 
So Lord brought that to my memory. I said, oh, okay, Lord, because I've been asking, what should I teach about what subject? And so I took that as the cue for me to get into the salt. So that's how this came about. So thank God. So just plain one word. The Lord is so covenant is loyalty with L, not with the R. But R can be in there because we are a royal priesthood because Jesus. So Old Testament is presentation of a New Testament, right? So um, loyalty is a state or quality of being loyal, loyal, faithfulness to commitment or obligation, faithful adherence. So it's just like this, simple. When you get married, you bow to be faithful to each other. And the man especially to love and take care of your wife. And your wife say, yes, I will honor you and love you. Not because you hide or because you money. Not because of your character, but I will honor you. So that's the covenant. Okay? That's a loyalty. Don't matter what he or she does, you stand by. Okay, we get older and we lose our shapes and we get gray hairs and we get brown spots and things. You still love them. Yeah, not for your looks at the beginning, maybe. <laughs> right? That's a loyalty. Another loyalty is when you commit to the Lord. You have that loyalty. Never deny him. No matter what happened. It's a loyalty. Loyalty to your friend. Not just lip service, right? Numbers 18, 19, all the heave offering of the holy things which the children of Israel offer unto the Lord. Have I given thee and thy sons and thy daughters with thee by statue forever? He says, forever is the covenant of salt, which is a contract, which is promise, salt covenant. Forever before the Lord unto thee and thy sea with thee. So he was talking to Aaron about this. Because priesthood at that time, they never received the land. Right? All the other tribes, 11 tribes, they received their land. But the priests, they never did, Levites. So Lord is saying, you do my work. And I have a covenant, so covenant forever for not just only you, but your children and your children and your children. So you can say yes or no to, right? I mean, he gave you a choice. Leviticus now go on with the 2.13 and every oblation of the meat. Okay, this King James say meat. But all the other, except one, which I cannot remember that translation, but rest of them is a grain. It's a grain. And every oblation of a meat offering shall thou season with salt. 
Neither shall thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from the meat offering, which is grain offering, which all thy offering thou shalt offer salt. So in other words, any offering is really say meat offering and also grain offering. So all the offering you bring to God, he said, don't bring it without the salt. Yeah, why is that? So salt is used to signify permanent loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. At biblical time, salt was very valuable. Very, very valuable. It still is. But we can go to grocery store buy salt now. But at that time, rich people, people with status, they had salt. Okay, common people, they didn't have it much. So why, we'll go back there, why is God Almighty saying this to Aaron and all the people? They bring the sacrifice, but the priest is the one offering, right? They bring to the priests, and priest is the one to slaughter, drain the blood and all that, and then they give it to the Lord for burn offering, peace offering, love offering, consecration, sin offering, trespass offering, burn offering. But he say, don't just bring that, add the salt to it. So in other words, he say, don't just bring me because I tell you. Bring it with all your heart. Bring with the meaningful heart. So he's really dealing with not just salt. So you have to look at the behind the what salt does. But he's basically talking about your heart, loyalty to him. Bring him with the flavor of yourself. Our Old Testament, you know, they sacrifice the animal to blot out their sins and for blessings and all that kind of stuff, right? So he's saying, don't just do it as a ritual. Don't just do it because I say so. Don't just do it because the pastor says so. Don't just do it because the priest obligated you to do it. You might not get blessing. You might not get sin forgiven. So a lot of people bring offering to them because they have to. They just do it because that's the custom. They just do it because everybody else does it. But what about the heart? Your attitude of your heart. Are you doing it to showing up to you next door and say, hey, you brought the little lamb, but I brought the cow. Hey, you brought the fine flower, but I brought this. So sometimes we do things before the Lord with a different attitude in our heart. And sometimes we do it without even us knowing it. We just do it, and you, it reveals through the Holy Spirit later, oh, my gosh, Lord, I'm sorry, I forgive me, and that was bad, you know. And intention wasn't bad because sometimes we just do it 
and we don't know the motive. Thank God for Holy Spirit. Yes. So that's where I see. Okay, do soon you know everything? Yes and no. No. <laughs> yeah. This is the what Lord means to me. Why salt? You know, and and Jesus in the New Testament talks about this. Your attitude. What's in your heart? Because what's in your heart, it comes out. You can fool for minutes or for a month, but eventually it comes out. Because issue of you come things come out of your mouth is from your heart. Okay, so he wants to be seasoned. When we come to him, at that time we offer with the animals and flowers and oils and all that. And what he's saying to us, or he, what he was saying to Israeli at that time, biblical time, was don't just bring it because. Bring with flavor, your flavor, individual flavor, because everybody's different. The lady in the two might, that was, that was her heart. It wasn't the money. It was her heart. If her heart wasn't loyal to God, she don't give everything she's got. Two, two mites. Which is to the other people, that's laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Really? But for her, that was her life. And she gave that life to him. That's what he want. That's what he mean. So he say, if you do that, I have a covenant I will keep. Not just only bless you, but your children, your children, your children. Generational blessing, thousand blessing, right? That's what it means. I mean, why salt? There should be many other things, but it's salt. And, and the Old Testament, it talks about, even New Testament, it talks about, it was a biblical time. It's tradition, and it was custom. That's how they understood you know, and like, like if, if we go to Cambodia, when we go to Cambodia, if we don't know their tradition, we can fend them. And the way they talk to us about what they do, sometimes we have a question, why, why would you do things like that? But they do it through their custom. So that's why the Apostle Paul said, when you go to Rome and do, Rome and do. So that's the honor. So loyalty means give everything you got. Bring with the flavor of your heart. And your heart's not right, then you need to put some salt in. Drink a lot of salt water. Maybe change your system. <laughs> salt is used to signify permanence, which we already talked about. It has a value. At that time, much, much value. Even now, even now, without salt, you die. And when we cry, our tear has salt. And when we sweat, we have salty, right? John, when you sweat, I see the salt in your sweat. <laughs> and the ancient word, 
Ingesting salt was the way to make agreement legally binding. They still do it. They still do it. It was a salt cabinet people make. And sometimes, even nowadays, when people get married, they do a salt cabinet with the bride and groom. So it's, a, it's agreement legally binding. If a two parties enter into an agreement, they will eat salt together in the presence of witness. And that act will bind their contract. King Abiza speech mentioned just as a salt covenant. Chronicle, 2 Chronicle 13.5. Are they not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever? even to him and to his sons and by covenant of salt. Okay, so here, here's another thing. The Lord made a covenant with King David through the salt covenant. And he said the same thing as the numbers in Leviticus we read. He's, he's saying not just to you, but your sons and your daughters. Covenant. Covenant, what is a covenant? What is a, what is a contract? I'll do this for you, you do this for me. If we agree, we sign. At that time, instead of signing, they ate salt together. They shared salt together. So what they did was they have a two pouch. People carry the salt in the little pouch, in, in their whatever their garment. So they carry that everywhere they went. Because salt, you know, at that time especially, I mean, Israel and Arab and all those area, it's hot and sand and, you know, desert, right? So you walk. They didn't have an automobile. They didn't have a bicycle. They did have a camel. But not for all the people. So they walk a lot. So they sweat. So when you sweat, you lose salt, right? You get dehydrated. So you have to replenish with salt again. So they carry salt. So as they needed, they ingest salt. So when you meet someone or you're going to do something with somebody and you want to obligate them an agreement and you have to bind the contract, instead of signing the paper with all this you know, little thing, they speak and they share. So each person have two pouches. Lou have a pouch, I have a pouch. And we made a contract, we agreed to all of it. Then, so what we do now is, I'll take a pinch of salt from my pouch, and Lou will take his salt from his handful, from his pouch, and we, so I will put it in his pouch, and he put his salt in my pouch. Okay? So that's the contract. Now, you cannot go back and say, hey, I don't want it, let me have my salt. How are you going to find your salt? It's all mixed in. So you cannot break that contract. Once you do that, you're obligated. That's the loyalty. So did God kept his promise to David? Yes, he did. Yeah, that's where Jesus came from, right? What about Aaron? Yeah, we are the priesthood. Sons and daughters of Jesus are the priesthood. Yeah. Loyalty starts with L. 
royalty start with R. We are kings and priests through the Jesus. That's what it's talking about. Not just Aaron, the priest. We are the priests and the king and the queen and princess because we belong to the king. Yeah. Yeah, chosen generation, second Peter 2.9, I believe. Can you break the salt covenant? Can you find your salt from another pouch? Unless you have different color of salt, okay, different color of salt, you add something to the salt. That's not pure. Sometimes we have that in our heart and our attitudes. I know I have lots of them. Lord's been dealing with me almost every day. <laughs> but that's good, but because he changed from inside and out. He deals with our motive. He deals with our behavior first. So I can walk like a woman. I could be gentle in front of people, right? After a while, he started to begin to deal with our heart inside. So pass the salt. Okay, we still do it at the table. When John comes over to our house, when we sit at the table, he just go and gets a salt shaker and he just brings it. He eats a lot more salt than Lou and I do. He salt. <laughs> but he knows about the salt, what is good for you. So if, if I have two different kind of salt, one I we use a Himalayan salt. But if we have another kind of salt, he, he will not touch the other one. He will go get the uh, pink one. Because the other one is refined. It's not real salt. It looks like salt, but it's not salt. That's not what God wants us to do. Be a salt. Bring him offering salty flavor or your heart. Nothing added. That's what he meant in Old Testament. And New Testament. So how would you pass the salt when we sit around the table with the family and friend normally? And the New Testament also said, don't eat with the non-believer. So in other words, he's saying, don't pass the salt to the non-believer. <coughs> Did you get it? Okay, because in other words, don't make a covenant, don't sit with the non-believer is going to contaminate you. Unequally yoked, yes. John 13, 21. When Jesus had thus say, he was troubled in his spirit. This talking about when they were together with the disciple, when Jesus was together with disciples, sometimes they say is Last Supper. And testify and say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Jesus answered, is John 13, 26, because I skipped few. Jesus answered, He it is who 
whom I shall give a sup. Sup could be the uh, some sort of a uh, soup, you know, thick soup or gravy or some sort of a morsel they dip it in. Yeah. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sup, he gave it to Judas, and the son of Simon. So, Jesus dipped, this is, I don't know what exactly in there, maybe he could have dipped in salt. Because in Israel time, they ate bread, but they used to dip it in the salt before they ate. So, I'm not saying that's what he did, but you don't sit and have a dinner or supper or lunch or breakfast with people you do not friend with. And when you do sit around at the table with someone, that means you're making a covenant. Because, yeah, at that time, yeah, that's what it means. Because you have agreement. So what is salt good for? Why, why the God of heaven, almighty, talks about salt out of everything, out of all things? Why salt is good for you? Is this a pure salt we're talking about? Okay? So when God talks about salt, he's, he doesn't want anything added there. He don't want you to refine it. He don't want to add a color to it. He didn't want you to put essential oil to it to take your bath. <laughs> salt scrub, right? <laughs> so he wanted the pure. He wanted all your heart. Everything, your heart, your mind, your soul, everything in you. He wants you to bring sacrifice to him with salt. Be loyal to me. Why would he say that? In Israel time, look at the, what they did. They make agreement with God, then they go around and they're doing all kinds of other stuff. Then they come to him and say, God, I love you. Here's your sacrifice. That's what they were doing. That's why God say, season with the salt. This is a salt covenant. In the New Testament, if you lose flavor of salt, you're not worth anything. Well, it isn't. Why would I want to salt my soup if that salt is, doesn't have no flavor? That's what God wants us to be salty. Bring him with the flavor of ourself. Okay. So promote insulin sensitivity. This is the few thing. I mean, salt does a whole lot of things in naturally also, but you need to look into spiritual meaning. Insulin sensitivity, natural antihistamine, need good digestion. You have a digestion problem? then you need to check into that, see how much you're taking it. Anything over is not good either. It's out of balance. Then you, when you look at this, okay, let me go ahead. Improve metabolism, support thyroid function, reduce stress hormone, overall hormone balance. That's what salt does. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is the natural health we're talking about right now. Unrefined salt, unrefined. If you add anything to it, it's not good. It's not real salt. So the 
uh, big business out there, they're adding all kinds of stuff to our food and take away the pureness and what is good for our body. Long time ago, they didn't have those chemical stuff they added to their food. Now, you know, corn syrup, sunflower oil, all this stuff is all refined. It's not good for you. In fact, they want to make so much money, they lie to us. They brainwashed from long time ago, and we still believe it. And then animal fats and uh, olive oils and coconut oils, those are all good for you. It's not going to clot your uh, artery and all that kind of stuff. They're lying because they want to make money. And plus everything else, which I'm not talking about today. So you need, okay, so this is what's good for you. And naturally. But you need to look at when, when we mix salt with the other stuff, it's not real salt, then you will, you'll be adult and sensitivity to Holy Spirit. How about that one? You have a problem with the antihistamine, you have to take that. The how much are you mixing in your life towards God? Digestion problem? We're definitely mixing something in there in spiritually. Because you're not processing. Digestive system, food we eat, it goes down, right? It's supposed to. But we have so much problem. Why? Because we are bothering our mind. It, can, it affects our digestive system. How about that one? Thyroid function. Every problem we have is connected to spiritual issue. I know we're not perfect. And we cannot make ourselves perfect. But we can change through the Holy Spirit if we surrender and say, yes, Holy Spirit, I need help on that. I need help on that. And the Proverbs, paraphrasing, saying, don't give advice to person who's rebellious. Or full, yeah, because they would not take it. You give advice to people who want to change. Right, Pastor Lou? Yeah. That was all about sermon this morning. <laughs> Pastor Lou. <laughs> <laughs> and me. Oh, I told him, I said, you know, so some of the stuff, him and I, who know? Things about me, he knows the best other than God, and I know about him. We can fool anybody else other than God, but if I don't say anything to him, he don't say anything to me, then who will? Unless one of you willing to come and tell him whatever. Right? Because a lot of us love to be liked. We want, we're not just living every day to somebody, get on somebody's face and they despise you or they don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't like you. Oh, 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 here's Sunni coming. We better run another way. <laughs> but sometimes, what's the salty? Salt, salt hurts when you put it in the wound. Yes, but it heals. 
It has a different property to a different situation. But if we are real Christian, if we really committed loyal to our God, then sometimes we have to lose our reputation, lose likeness, be able to communicate with season to someone they don't want to hear. Or it irritates them. It, and most of us, we can just talk, like I can talk to Lou, Lou can talk to me, and we might argue about it a little bit, but you know. But what about if we have to say something true or coming from your heart to someone higher you think it is than you? That will you have a courage, that loyalty to God, to be face to face, be able to say something? We think about it in our heart, but we don't do that. You know why? Because we don't want to be rejected. We don't want to have a consequence. And we don't want to be disliked. Or we don't want to hear, oh, he or he is rebellious. Or mm, we're going to have to think about that one. Kind of like that. How would I know that? I've been through that. <laughs> so we compromise. We compromise. We compromise. Including me. How would I know that Holy Spirit points those things out? So we've got to have a backbone, salty backbone. Your body needs salt to maintain the proper stomach pH. If your stomach, if your gut's not healthy, you're not healthy. Mm -hmm. So just think about what salt does to our body, but you need to look into deep. Yeah. And you know why? Um, the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, you receive power, which is ability to be able to witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. What God is saying, why it's not happening to a lot of us, it happened in portion. But why? Because we compromise with God and our life. If we really sold out to God, our life really should matter like Apostle Paul. Right? So it's the measure of a surrender in our life to God, to life flow. Spiritually and naturally and physically. So salt, lower the adrenal spikes, balances chemical in your brain. That Holy Spirit does that. Sleep quality, salt improves sleep quality. If you don't have enough salt in your body to function, then you can't sleep too much, too good. So why salt? 
So if your life and your thought and your heart life is, is assaulted with season, then you should be sleeping peacefully at night. If you're staying up thinking, can't go to sleep, you're tormented. Issue of life in your heart is too much. We have to surrender that to the Lord, which is the hard part. But through that struggle, God wins always. One at a time, right? So much fruit in the tree. But because the issue of life, there's one third is good fruit, but rest of them is not. So Holy Spirit takes one fruit at a time, bad one, and start working with you. If you're willing to lay down, he cut that off. Eventually, good fruit will form in there. So how much bad fruit do you have? Oh, Lucy, ask him. It's getting better. It's getting better. Adequate salt consumption encourages healthy weight and fast metabolism. That is, I really like that one. I mean, I like them all of them, but encourage healthy weight and fast metabolism. So healthy weight um, wise, you know, the, I mean, I kind of knew it, but I didn't really know it. I thought fat, all fat was bad. Olive oil, coconut oil was good, but all the animal fat was really bad, but it's not. It's not because that's what they ate. That's what they ate. They sacrificed so many, right? Where will the old fat go? Some fat goes to the priests and burn offering and all that, but people ate to their animals. Perfect one, pure one, they give it to the Lord. But other ones, they ate. And when you got them and when you, how would I know that? Pastor Lou butchered the goat, so I, I'm not involved when he actually does it, but I help him when he began working on it, you know, skin and you know i get to see inside so he teach me what's what because i don't know what it is what what's heart i can tell the liver but i don't know what's other ones so so i kind of know what place what is there you know like hearts and you know kidneys and things you know intestine and all that stuff so anyway so Salt consumption encourages healthy weight. So when we mix it with the lye, it's not good for you in you physically. Heart problem is not because fat is is issue in your heart. Issue in life it hasn't dealt with. And that would help all fast metabolism. So you are what you eat, right? And the the, the, uh, problems in your body is spiritually. You have to look at spiritually. Yeah, what's eating you? Yeah, there you go. And a lot of us, we compromise um, our custom or our way instead of God's way. Anytime when we honor our way and custom and, and put the God's word and what he says behind, that's a cult. 
you worshiping other other than God. It's not salty. It's a mixture. That's not what God wanted from the beginning. Well, they were doing it. That's why he made a salt covenant. Thyroid function. You know, you heard the hyperthyroid, low thyroid, and all that kind of stuff. It should be properly functions. And, and every function is not working right. There is issue of a spiritual issue. What's in your heart? What happened to you? Make you that way. What bitterness in you? You forgive other people because the Bible says so, but you still keep that art in your heart, which that needs to come out. You know why? Yes. Did you forgive this person? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But don't want to talk about that. The issue is still in the heart. You're still holding that art against that situation. They tie you up and, and affect you physically somewhere. What does the Bible say about the salt? The main source of salt in the region of the Dead Sea. Okay. The Dead Sea has a saltiness of 33.7%. This is almost 10 times saltier than ordinary seawater. The ocean is about 3% salt. Did you know in any kind of church, I mean Christ church, don't matter if 1,000 people, don't matter if 10,000 people or 20 people, there's always, always, always just 3% around that figure, 3% of people are the one who serves, really serves, want to serve. Isn't that funny? Other people never even crossed in their mind, never even thought about it. Why? I don't know. Okay? So I just thought that was pretty interesting. And when you go to Israel, people go to that area, and they go into water, they flow. Because there's so much minerals and things, okay? So it's a different. So how they make salt, they get the water from ocean, salty water. Well, hopefully they get it, they go in furthermore and get the water. They bring it, and they use certain kind of pot, and they boil that, okay? Boil, boil, boil. Then at the, you don't want to boil all the way. You leave a little bit of water, but you begin to see the salt accumulation in the bottom. Then you have to dry them, dehydrate them. But you don't want to mix anything with it because those are pure salt, pure salt. Yeah, and we're so used to just going to a grocery store and picking up salt, and we don't really think about it. 
Here's a man. Yeah. And they say it heals your uh, skin things, skin disease, like arthritis and you know different things. It heals the salt water. This is the uh, salt. It it push towards the side from Dead Sea. At the edge, you can pick it up. Yeah. Ezekiel sixteen four. And for thy nativity in the day that I was born, they're talking about baby, thy navel was not cut, neither waste thou washed in the water to supply thee. Thou was not salted at all, nor swathered at all. What does that mean? Ezekiel. So Lord speak, Ezekiel speaking to the people at that time, is saying the baby is born, but neighbor wasn't cut. Neither that baby wasn't washed with the salt at all. Or they didn't even wrap with that swaddling cloth, which Pastor Stan talked about. So what does that mean? I, I guess in ancient time, the people, when babies, because that time there was no um, sanitary. You know, they didn't have no bathroom. They didn't have no uh, alcohol. They didn't have all this stuff. They live day to day, all, you know, uh, walk and, you know, all this, no refrigeration, none of those things. So it was different. So their life expectancy wasn't like we are. We live to 100 now. At that time, they lived, the ladies, if they lived before, if they lived to 28 or 29, that's long life. The man, 31 years old, that's what I learned from research. Okay, you know why? Because they didn't live healthy. Sanitary wasn't there. They tried, that's why the, the Leviticus and Numbers and God Old Testament talks about don't do this, don't do that show to, you know, all this stuff because they had issue, so much issue. It's not like now. That's why he want to preserve his people and teach them how to be cleanness so they can live long life. Okay? So now here, the obviously, you know, look here, the when baby was born, they must wash the baby with the salt water to cleanse their skin and remove the bacteria, something like that, because of what this says. And the neighbor wasn't not cut. So what does this really mean? At that time, Ezekiel was talking to those people at biblical time, at Ezekiel time, they were so abomination. They did not listen to God. They're doing all the things God tells them to not to do. So he spoke to Ezekiel to tell them, when baby was born, if a core is not cut, then what? Can you imagine? Not cut? Yeah, that's a curse. That's what he's saying. And he's speaking to those so people at that time understand what Ezekiel is saying. I mean, they, they understood if that baby's not washed with the salt and not wrapped, hey, that's a curse. That was a tradition they did at that time. 
But if you're not able to do that, that means they're going to die. They're cursed. They're not going to flourish. So Ezekiel's prophesying, he's speaking to these people about that. And they understood because the way they lived their life at that time. We talking to us, what is that supposed to mean? What? Baby's born and you don't cut the core? What? So when, you know, I, I don't know now, but when I had babies, they wrapped really tightly baby in their crib in the hospital. That's the same way because they feel comfortable baby can speak, but that's how similar environment of a mother's womb. Okay, so that still comes down to, but we cut the cord, right? We don't wash it with the salt water, but they do keep the baby clean, but that's what they did according to the word. Salt judgment. Abimelech, the judge 945, Abimelech fought against the city all that day. Next week? Okay. Okay, we're... Okay. So what did you think? Did you like it? Did you learn something here? Is it, yeah, it's about the issue of our heart, really, come down to loyalty. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. And I supposed to teach in February, so I'll continue and finish this, okay? So God bless you, my brother and sister. Um, it's a good thing we're talking about this because it's what really important to God is what's in our heart. So Lord, I thank you for this time and help us and change us to glory to glory, faith to faith, and more like Jesus Christ. And when you look at all of us here, Lord, you be pleased. Please, because our motive is to please you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, working on our heart. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. So glad to see everybody's smiling faces this morning. And it's so good to hug each other. If you are looking for a church home, we encourage you to come. Come to church. Don't just watch online. Come fellowship with one another, like-minded people. And uh, have fun. It's always so fun to see everybody. All right. The girls are passing around the 2023 January new uh, bulletins. There has been one change as far as our information that we've been given out. And that is for the chili contest. So make sure you look at that date change. It's going to be on February 12th. That's the same day for the Super Bowl. So make sure you double up your chili, mm -hmm. double up your chili, so that way we can all enjoy it as well. So it's not just enough to taste it. We have enough to, to get a bowl and to have fun and enjoy it. So fill those crock pots up with chili, yummy, yummy chili. And Eni, I'll let you come. I'll let you in. <laughs> No, you need to, because everybody wants your chili. I want your chili. It's amazing. She wins every year, by the way. So, yeah, it's good, though. All right. The other thing is, I think that was the biggest change. Let's see. Oh, how about those testimonials? Yeah, give a round of applause. That was awesome last week. We need to do that more often. That was great. Okay, well, you know what? There's not a whole lot more announcements other than, you know, Happy New Year's. I'm going to go ahead and have the girls pass around. 
to sign up for the chili contest. Eni, we're already going to put your name in it. Um, and <laughs> and also for donuts on Sunday morning or bread, whatever you choose to bring. So if you want to grab two, if you want to grab that one. Um, and that's it for announcements. Uh, can I get one praise report? Does anybody have a praise report that God's done in their lives this week? Not all the hands go up at once. Think of some, you know what? But this, this preaches, right? That can preach. Sometimes we get busy in our day-to-day lives and not see where God is. So it challenges us now that we didn't have 10 praise reports to think about where God is in our daily lives and what he's doing for us. It could have been that I forgot something and had to go back and get it, and there was a car wreck, and I missed it. Praise God. It could have been that God made me remember something, my keys or or something walking out the door. Praise God, right? Okay, now some of my hands coming up. Go ahead. Sunita, you had one too, right? Barb, go ahead. Lights went out, and you prayed, and the lights came back on, right? Rebuke it and came right back on. Amen. Soon he. So with the chickens and the farm that you have doing the dirty things, the nasty things that you never really would like to do, you're now enjoying it and seeing where God is in it and and the fruit that comes from it. So, you know, that's the thing is just trying to think where God is and what he's doing for us. And if you don't, then maybe that's something we need to ask for. Um, that another thing to think about is asking for those we can lead to the Lord. You ask, you shall receive. Um, it could be someone at the grocery store saying, God, how do I lead this person to the Lord? Bring me someone this week that I can lead to the Lord. If we aren't actively doing something, then we're, we're, if we're not moving forward, we're moving backwards, right? So keep our eyes focused, keep moving forward, and God bless. All right, let's take up offering. Thank you, ladies. It's- Okay, now, whoa, that's a little bit loud. Praise the Lord. It's that time. Okay? And like we soon the class this morning, you know, the salt. Let's give it with salt. Salt is with your heart. Okay? Why we're going to get blessings when we give with all our hearts, with lots of salt, good salt, not bad salt. You know, we are going to get rewarded. And not only that, you know, it's just we're growing in the Lord. So it's the time to give. Isn't that a good time? Amen. It's the time to show that we love the Lord and we give with all of our hearts. So God bless you. Let's all come and give. That's not what I'm going to give. (laughs) there it is thank you Lord thank you thank you thank you thank you Jesus look at that thank you Lord praise the Lord hallelujah thank you Jesus look at that huh so thank you for giving and what a blessing is to give amen thank you Lord yes sir yes that's right 
I forgot we need to pray over it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, thank you for this giving, Lord, for the church, for missions. Just bless it and multiply it, Lord, and really bless your children for giving with all their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to bless you. Lord, may we wake up every morning and go, what can we do for you? And today, with the offering, may it be a blessing unto you, Lord as it is a blessing for us to be able to do so. We love you. You mighty Father, you are. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Come on. What time is it? Praise and worship. Come on. It's time for? Praise and worship. Praise and worship. That's right. Time for fun and excitement. And praise our God. Amen. How many of you guys do this at home? Yeah? You praise and worship God at home? Good. We should do it every morning, every day we wake up. And praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. Yes, we do, Lord. We turn to you. Come on, give him some praise. And hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you, we long for you, cause we want to see you, we find strength to face the day, yes we do Lord, in your presence all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna. Come out the way. Hosanna, Hosanna, 
In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears Come on, wash are away. washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna. welcome you here. Take control of our lives. We want to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty? And so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder, who leaves us breathless in all in wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. and justice 
shines like the sun in all of his brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross. You lay down your life that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer, this is my plea. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer, this is my plea, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see I'm surrendering my all I surrender to the King 
Oh, God. 
Lord, we thank you for this time. We can come and praise your great and mighty name with humble hearts and in truth and like-minded people. We worship you, Father God, and we call out your name, Jesus, with freedom in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. I want to share what Lord put it in my heart to share with all of you, including me. I feel like what Lord was saying during worship, I keep hearing long-suffering. My name is long-suffering, he says. Why am I long-suffering with you, all of you, because I love you. You belong to me. I have a plan for you individually. So don't look at yourself and condemn yourself. I'm long-suffering. I'm going to do the work I have for you. It's not by might nor power. It's through the, his spirit, Amen. say the Lord. So be encouraged, my brother and sister. That includes me. I checked. Lord, you're speaking that to me. Yes, he says, but he also want to speak to you. He said, come and be reasoned with me. I will hear and we find the exit for you and me. That's our God. So I hope this bless you. Praise God. He is faithful. Well, we're having church now, amen? amen? Wonderful praise and worship service. How many of you felt the anointing? Amen. amen. It's definitely here. So it's my pleasure to introduce my brother. He's my brother from another mother. <laughs> Jonathan Gallo. So he's like Timothy. He's stirred up the gifts that's inside him. He's a young man, but I'm also a young man. Yes. And I hope that he has a message. I know he has a message that's going to stir up the gift inside of you. So, Lord, anoint him from head to toe. Give him the spirit of the Lord to break this down, to cast the bread upon many waters, that you'll be able to eat it and consume it and begin to function in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. This church is not four walls. You are the church in the chairs out there. Take it and online. Take it with you and begin to function and do those things that are, is written in the word and that the spirit is telling you to do in Jesus name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Thank you, Mr. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yeah. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, praise God. That was amazing. Um, you know, this day has been so good so far. Today's the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I love your shirt, sir. Matthew. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, it started out with a great teaching about salt from Prophet Lusley, uh, Sunni. <laughs> I kind of mix the two. Um, and then just the worship service is just amazing. So I just pray that all of the worship goes to the Lamb of God. And that is my prayer here today for everybody's ears to open up and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I pray that I will be able to even encourage you today. That is my prayer. Um, you know, in the Bible, it says, as long as it is called today, encourage. Yeah. So that's why I'm up here. I want to encourage my lovely looking family. You guys are my family. And I'm just I enjoy to be a servant of God in the house of the Lord. So let's get started. Um, 
For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jonathan Gallo. Uh, my lovely wife is right here up in the front. Uh, wave there. We have two beautiful daughters, and I just thank God for her because he that finds a wife finds something that's good. And I found something that's great. Uh, she was up late at night with me so I can, you know, share this word with her. And she kind of helps me through it and edits and corrects. So I thank God for a strong, a strong woman that she is. All right, so what is today? Today is January the 8th. So I gave you guys about seven days so you can determine what your New Year's resolution is, right? You know, you go through that. I know that we all keep them up until the end of the year. That's false. But today is a special day. Today is your day. Today is the day of the Lord. So the topic of today, today is the day of salvation. So I'm sharing about this topic because it's arguably one of the most important topics of the entire Bible, salvation, right? So of those of you that know me, I'm cheesy, right? And I'm very meticulous. I, I go through this PowerPoint. I have a lot of details. I have a lot of animations for you guys. But please take the message with you. That's what's most important today. So speaking of cheese, let's go ahead and get started with my personal side of things. Uh, this is my family here, I have my brother-in-law, I call him my brother-in-love right there, his name is Blake. Uh, next up in line, his name is Ezekiel, so we call him Zeke. Uh, my dad is holding Zeke. Um, Zeke is my nephew, which his daddy is my brother, and that's the next guy in line, after Papa is what we call my dad. And then my brother, his name is Matt, uh, Matthew, and then that's me. So we went to, you know, the, the rally, I forget what it's called, the, the Monster Jam. The Monster Jam. <laughs> we go and we had a great time. You know, that is like the biggest truck behind us. It's called the Gravedigger. But I'm not going to talk about that today. Yeah. yeah we're, we're here to talk about salvation, not digging graves. So um, I just wanted to show you this picture to show you a little bit about me, who my family is. That's my dad and my brother. And just keep them in mind because this story I'm about to tell you is my first experience about salvation in my life, right? Maybe not on a biblical sense, but it still meant something to me as far as salvation. So, uh, at age 18, I was like, hey, I'm of, of the age to go ahead and go make my own world. So, I'm going to go and get an apartment. So, I told my brother, oh, by the way, I don't know if this clicker is working. Um, I told my brother, hey, Matt. Let's go. Let's, let's get out of our parents' house. Let's go make our own. Let's, let's uh, you know, tear the, tear, tear the town down. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we went off. We looked for an apartment. And we found one by Lake Louisville, guys. It was hot. It was cool, right? We, this is a picture of it. I mean, that is the amenity center. So that's the pool at the apartment complex. And the top right was the picture of the newly renovated portion of the complex. So what we were looking for is something that was cool that we can brag about with our friends. We want our friends to come on over, something attractive, right? And of course, that was it. It answered, it ticked all the boxes. Um, it was affordable, like I said, beautiful looking. And one interesting thing about this apartment, it was a huge complex, but kind of split in half. The first half that was closest to the street was newly renovated. So that was a priority of them, of course. And the back half had a different story. So this is the different story. The back half looked like this. It kind of looked like a couple of decades ago, you know, and I was like, hmm, I, I would hate to, you know, live in something like that. But 
okay, let's let's go ahead and talk to these guys about the modern, you know. So the sales manager, he walked me through a couple of the apartments. He said, okay, this is what you're looking for. Two bedroom, two bath. This is going to be your standard, and this is how we renovated it. And so I have some animation to kind of help me um, explain my emotions. <laughs> I loved it, right? I was like, okay, I can see my brother and I like staying here for a while. It's right next to the lake. I mean, what can you, like, what else can go wrong, right? And that's what I thought. But anyway, we, we saw this and I said, okay, where do I sign? Let's go ahead and let's do this contract. So we go and uh, we go back to the sales office, get the big old contract. I start signing my name really quickly, scribbling my initials. And then they gave me the keys. They gave me the spiel. Okay, go find defects. If there's anything, write them down so we don't charge you at the end of the day. Okay, cool. So I get my keys and I'm walking. I just dart out the door. I'm like, where is my apartment? So I'm looking, newly renovated. Uh, it's not here, okay. Oh, is it over there? No, no, that, it was close, okay. Well, it's not here. And I look behind me at the older apartments and I was like, no, 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 no. So I walk over there and of course, I find my apartment number in the older side of the complex. And I was like, okay, how bad can it be, All right? This is what I walked into. Yikes, right? So there, the, the cabinets were loose all over the floor. Like the countertops were sticky. It was like fake wallpaper that was plastered on there. The old appliances, I can go on and on and on. Plus our new um, roommates in there that I didn't know of that would be joining us were cockroaches. Uh, they were there too, so I got to meet them. And I was so bummed out. And I said, how can somebody deceive me like that? They take me to really nice apartments, but then I sign for this? So I go back, I'm, I go back and I'm like, all right, you know, this is not what I expected, right? I wanted something that you guys showed me. And they said, you guys won't believe this, but this is a true story. They said, sir, you signed the contract. You're, you're locked in. We can't do anything about it now. No. I." You have to do something. I don't want to live there. Sir, I'm sorry. Like I said, you signed the contract. Very sorry. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what we could do and we can clean it up and blah, blah, blah. No, nope, I'm not asking for that. So, of course, my countenance fell. You know, I was 18 and I was like, these people don't take me seriously. I need a call backup, right? So I get on my phone and I call um, the best person I know, my dad. And I said, hey, dad, uh, this is this is what's going on. Um, have you gone through something like this or what do I what do I do in this scenario? He said, son, I'm in the area. Just stay put. Whoo. All right. There's my daddy again. And that's my mommy. Um, so they, they drove up to the apartment complex and I go out there. I kind of debrief him on what's going on. And he just took the keys out the ignition. He said, OK, wait here. And he went inside and I was like, no, I mean, you need like a good looking bodyguard with you. I'm going to go inside. So I go inside just to see how he approaches it so I can learn in the future. Uh, long story short, uh, that concluded the conversation with him and the sales manager. He says, okay, you have two options. You can either do what is right and you can allow us to walk away or you're going to be hearing from my lawyer. The choice is yours. And we walked away and didn't hear back from them which was great, and I found a different apartment complex with my brother, and we had a great time of our lives. But anyway, I wanted to sh share this a little bit with you because I don't know if you out there have felt the same way I did at that moment.
where something was crashing down, like your world was kind of like uh, collapsing on, on, on top of you at the same time, and you didn't have a place to go. You didn't know what to do, right? You needed a savior. And for that, this story, my dad was that savior. And so I just remember that time, and I was extremely happy that we got a, a better apartment, actually decent sales manager. So anyway, I uh, just wanted to share that with you. So going on to a little bit more cheesiness, here's a game that's, that I have for you guys. So if you want to, those people in the back, if you want to come on in, I have some pictures Then it says, guess which Bible event? Salvation edition. All right. So are you guys ready? I'm going to show you a couple of images and I want you to shout it out. Okay. So which salvation event is this one? Noah's Ark. So the answer is ding, 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 Noah's Ark. And this is the time where Noah's Ark rested on top of Mount Ararat. And so that's whenever you see the floods, uh, the waters recede. And so you could almost feel how Noah was feeling like, okay, like the judgment has passed and now the waters recede. There is life in the future. Praise God. That is, that's uh, event number one. So we'll put that on our timeline here. So event number one, all of these events always point back to one God, the God of salvation. Remember that, okay? So this God of salvation, he delivered Noah and his family from judgment and wickedness. Praise God. All right, here's the next one. And this one, I know it kind of steered you wrong if you watch the Bible series. This guy is actually Moses, but I like the picture, so I'm changing his character. Uh, he's actually Jacob, so hint number one, this event relates to a dream uh, dealing with seven skinny cows eating seven fat cows. And hint number two, that is Jacob saying, all 70 of us are saved. So shout it out. Going to Egypt? Why, why are they going to Egypt? Yes, they're looking for food. They wanted to avoid the famine. So they didn't have a place to go. They didn't know that Joseph, the supposed son that had passed away, or they don't know where he went, they didn't know that he was a right-hand man to Pharaoh. He had favor with God, and he rose up the ranks so much that Pharaoh recognized his, his abilities, his giftings that God has given him, made him his right-hand man. And Joseph was able to usher his family into salvation to avoid the famine. Amen? So that was the answer. And we see that this God of salvation is also going to save you from famine. Amen. Right? Amen? So he saved Israel from famine. Here's the next one. Haha, <laughs> easy. Red Sea. I heard it like eight times. Red Sea. So we all know this story. If you don't, I'm going to go through it real quick, just a summary. Um, you know, Moses was talking to Pharaoh, more of demanding, but he was saying, hey, let my people go three days into the wilderness so we can worship our God. And he was reluctant to let them go until the point of where, you know, Passover and uh, all of that happened, where the angel of death kind of passed over and killed the firstborn children, right? And so that's what happened to Egypt, so much that Pharaoh, he said, all right, get out of my sight. You guys go worship your God, but get out of here. But three days later, he repented from that idea. And he's like, I'm going to chase them down, these people that did this to us, right? And he wanted some revenge. He wanted to oppress the nation. So, of course, led him to the Red Sea. And um, God intervened through the staff of Moses. He said, go and speak to that, that sea. 
And Moses said, you know, he, he just wanted to, dip, um, he just parted the sea and they walked through. Anyway, that was salvation. So that was number three, event number three. And so the God of salvation delivered from oppression and destruction. Amen. Amen. All right, here's number four. I heard Jericho. Okay, ding, 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 you guys win. So Joshua chapter five, it's actually where they were, they were pleading with God and Joshua was selected as the successor to Moses. Um, and so whenever he was leading the children of Israel into the promised land, they passed, you know, they crossed over the Jordan River and then they were kind of stuck, right? They, they knew that they were given a promised land, but they didn't know how they were going to get it. So the angel of the Lord had delivered plans to jo- uh, Joshua. And those plans were march around the city of Jericho seven times. And on the seventh, blow, with the, blow your shofars with a loud blow and the walls will come tumbling down. So by their worship, they were able to break down these stronghold barriers of Jericho and claim victory where you would think it would be impossible. But no, no, no. Not impossible for our God, right? So the God of salvation gives victory to his children over these strongholds. Amen? All right. Here's a challenging one here. This is event number five. It's dealing with a king. And this king is most notable. I already hear it. Most notable for living an additional 15 years after praying. So we have our sister Barb say, Hezekiah, ding, ding, ding. Somebody get her a car. All right. That is correct. King Hezekiah. So this uh, event is all about King Hezekiah planning on how he's going to restore the temple because of his obedience. And his father, King Ahaz, is actually known for his extreme disobedience. He was evil in the sight of God. Because he brought in all these idolatries, like statues and everything, allowed people to worship whoever they wanted to, but not King Hezekiah. No. He actually went back. He fell on his face, cast his crown, as you see. And I like that image, by the way. Um, He knew who his God was. He knew the Lord that he was serving is greater than anything that Ahaz was ever able to see. So he restored the temple, which in turn gave favor back unto unto his nation through salvation. All right, so our God of salvation is able to restore. All right, here is event number six. And it's found in the book of the Bible that kind of gives the answer away. So if you guys want a cheat sheet, there you go. (laughs) Esther, there we go. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, so Esther risked her life to save a nation, to save her nation. You know, in the story of Haman, uh, he was really, uh, he, he despised the Jews. Um, and he saw that he needed to oppress them and actually kill them off. So that way they wouldn't have any more favor. And that way, you know, he would get his way with the king. Right. But through the obedience of Esther, through her extreme faith, she believed that God would intervene so much that she risked her own life to put herself in a position where no woman would ever dare she would ask and request something of the king and something against a law that he already, uh, he already mandated, right? But through her obedience to God and through the salvation or through, through the help of God, the Jews gained salvation. Amen. So they avoided genocide, yep. right? Yep. So we see that this God 
of salvation preserves identity. How amazing is that? Now, this God is a perfect God. He is a God of salvation, right? But this is how perfect he is. Would you believe me if I said that all of these days fell on the same day? Would you? The 17th of Nisan? Wow. That is a perfect God. Now, you can, you can test me, and my goal is to entice you guys to go and scour the Bible. So you can prove me wrong if you find something different, and I would like to learn because I'm a student of the Bible as well. But from my studies, same day, 17th of Nisan, right? So let's talk a little bit about identity because that's an important one. So here comes me talking about myself again. I'm into myself, I guess. So um, early on, amen, it's a testimony. Um, Early on, I'm trying to build my character. I know I'm a man in this world. I'm trying to make my own, trying to build myself up. Who am I going to be one day, right? So you see the bricks. I'm laying down these bricks, and I'm trying to figure out what bricks to lay. So growing up in this society, even watching movies, like social media is just saturated with what a man should look like, what a man should be like, what a man should project. So, okay, let me learn from that, right? Everybody's doing it. Why shouldn't I? So I rush to the gym, right? They call those people gym rats, if you don't know the, the term. But uh, I was a gym rat for a little bit, uh, probably about three months. I just went religiously almost two times a day. Uh, minimum two hours I was working out and I, I had a strict workout plan but even more strict diet plan and so this became my life that just became who I was I was like okay well I'm just gonna look good right I'm gonna be strong like I see Thor in the, in the movies Captain America I'm gonna be like that like no problem but after a moment's time I realized that I wasn't I wasn't like I was strong don't get me wrong I was extremely strong but I was weak in certain areas of my life. I was weak in compassion. You know, I might have looked good on the outside, but nobody, nobody would ever tell me or dare to tell me how ugly I was on the inside, right? Because they might be afraid that I'd beat them up. <laughs> I wouldn't beat them up. But I needed a wife. I was looking for a wife, but that didn't work out. So um, just to say, I, I thought I was strong, but I was weak in the spirit. Okay, let's try a profession, right? God had favor on me. I was able to land a couple of good uh, positions. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to chase success. I'm going to get a fortune, right? I'm going to be like Trump, right? (laughs) So I'm chasing the dollar, and I'm thinking that, well, I'm defining my own success. Of course, the rich man or a man is a man that can do whatever he wants. He can throw money here, and he can give to whoever he wants. I love that. I want to be that. So I'm chasing the dollar, working late nights, working like a donkey, and I realize I'm missing out on special occasions. I'm treating people a certain type of way. I'm chasing the dollar, but I'm losing out on the most precious commodity and resources, which is time. And how am I dealing with that? Would God be pleased with what I'm doing? But I didn't care. I was chasing the dollar, but I still felt empty. Through my journey of chasing the dollar, I actually discovered my poverty. It's kind of flipped backwards. So I was impoverished in the spirit. Okay, well, people will like me, right? Yeah, I'll just just work on my personality. I want people to like me. I want 
I want to be the life of the party. I want people to say, oh, that's Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. He'll do anything. He's crazy. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they say. But I go to the bar, um, meet new friends, go just anywhere. I, I just, I love people. And, and I start putting my faith and my hope in people, right? Ah, I wonder if they, I wonder if they like me. At the end of the day, I'm like, was I, did I say that right? Was, was that cool? No. So in the end of the day, that left me feeling more alone. If anything, putting false expectations on people. It actually drove me away saying like, well, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to be this for me. And they're like, sorry, dude, that, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. So that left me alone with my feeling of security. It actually made me feel a little bit more insecure, right? Drove me away. And lastly, of course, there is the drinking. So, you know, things hurt less whenever you drink, right? And <laughs> at least you don't feel them. But, um, you know, drinking causes you to, like, they call it liquid courage, right? And, and you self-medicate, you know, I'm like, okay, obviously I need a different route. I need a different direction in my life. Well, an adult has the privilege of drinking. Well, I want people to see me as an adult and take me seriously. So I'm going to get such and such a drink, right? The more I fill those glasses up, uh, the more I empty myself. I felt empty, right? And on top of that, I'm asking for direction, but I'm drunk and I needed sobriety. I needed clarity in my life. So this is, these are the complete opposites. However, this is what the world is teaching our youth today. Isn't that crazy? That's what I grew up in. This is me. So, and everybody else, a lot more people relate to this story. So that's why I'm sharing with, with you all. So of course, each brick that I'm laying up just reminded me of a verse in the Bible. Something had to go tumbling down. And that verse is Matthew chapter 7, verse 27. It says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. So what it's talking about is whenever you walk with Jesus, which I didn't walk with Jesus then, I heard about Jesus, of course, and I knew he was a savior, but I didn't get it. It didn't click, right? So how great was that fall? Oh boy, I fell. I was looking for something. I was looking for a savior. It was until the day that my ears were opened that I go to church and I hear the word of God, sharper than a double-edged sword, can break down all of those walls, can break every chain. Amen? Amen? That is what it took, is the word of God to change me, to transform me. So here is my diagnosis. I knew I was sick. I didn't know what it was. Ephesians chapter 2 says, And you hath he quickened, highlighted, who were dead in trespasses. We were dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our sin. Where in times past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan. This is his little kingdom that he thinks. He's trying to, you know, puppeteer everybody and, into how he wants it. That's where sin comes from, sinful nature. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, which is you and I, before Christ. Among whom also we had our conversations in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires in the flesh 
of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So if we were the children of wrath, that tells us what we deserve. If we were children that were influenced by a sinful nature, that were telling us how to act, how to proceed with life, well, what do we earn? Because in Romans 3.23, it says, the wages of sin is death. I was walking that, that road. I was going to die. I was dying. I didn't have a life, right? But praise God for a prescription, Amen. right? Yep. Jesus, our God, came down on this earth, and he is the physician. He says he's here for the sick. Ah, boy, I was sick. I was sick. Romans 8, and this is a long one, but bear with me here. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Praise God, there is no condemnation to them, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath made me free. Have, oh, excuse me. Hath made me free. Me, Jonathan, from the law of sin and death. The thing that holds us like this, that grips us tight, we cannot get past that. It is not by, and Sunni, you said it, it is not by our power, not by our might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. For what, for what the law could not do, in that it is weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son, Jesus, in the likeness of his sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh on that cross that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind things of the flesh, like I once did whenever I was in the world and taught by the world and had my mentors still stuck in the world. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. There's a parallel. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's what I want. I don't know about you guys, but that is what I want. That's what I'm here. Because the carnal mind is enmity, is an enemy against God, right? For it is not the subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it. Uh, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, which was hard for me to hear. But you have to be in the spirit to please God. Amen. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Amen. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The way that I see this, somebody explained this to me, and, and I didn't quite get it until now, is if I had written a book about everything, a biography of who I am, and I give it to God, and he reads through it, and he judges me based on my righteousness. Would I go to heaven? I wouldn't. But I have this cover page with my, my face, my name on it, and Jesus ripped it off and exchanged mine for his. So where all of his righteous deeds, he put my cover on his book, and he gives that to his father. He says, he's righteous, right? That is what it means to lay down your life because it also says that those who seek their life in this world will not find it. They'll actually lose it. But if you lay down your life willfully and you seek him, you will find it. 
you will find your life in Christ Jesus. Amen? Is this good? So, Pastor Lou, I know that you're good with dates, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. But, the same day, so the 17th of Nisan, you of course know the 14th of Nisan is is Passover. Okay, yeah, he got it. Passover. So, what is the 17th of Nisan? Why is that so important to us? Amen. First fruits and resurrection. So, ding, ding, ding. Salvation from sin and the grave. Hallelujah. That is the icing on the cake for God of salvation here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus has become the first fruits. He is the first to rise. He is the one. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He came here as Emmanuel, God with us, to show us the way. He is the Word of God. He, was, he is the manna. He is the living bread that came from heaven. And God knew that we needed a Savior here on this earth. And there was only one way to do it. For a, a man to live here with us, to become sin, who knew no sin, to pin that sin upon the cross, and to fulfill everything, to kill that sin for our sake. So he is now inviting us to come in with him, to be co-heirs of the kingdom. How good of news is that? That reminds me the song of Moses. This is something that is just beautiful. Exodus chapter 15, after they went through the Red Sea, they had just a moment of praise. A moment of praise for God, right? It says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He is become my salvation. And I love that part because the translation is Yeshua, which is Jesus. Jesus has become my salvation. He has become your salvation in here. Hallelujah. Yeshua is who we worship. He is my God and I will prepare him in habitation in my heart. My Father's God and I will exalt him. He is worthy and he deserves all of our praise. The Lord is a man of war. Who needs a man of war in their life here? Hey, praise God. The Lord is his name. That's his name. So the same way that young, little, you know, fragile Jonathan needed a savior, and my dad came in and stepped in a place where I could not, I was helpless, and I needed a savior, you can call upon your father in heaven, and he will answer. He will be there. He will fight your battles. He is a man of war, ladies and gentlemen. And the Lord is his name. So today, if this is not you, and you, you have never experienced who the Lord is or what his purpose is in your life, there has been an invitation already predestined for you. And all you have to do is accept it. In Isaiah chapter 55, it talks all about this invitation. And I just pulled a couple of, of words for it. Um, but this text always points back to the word of God, which is Jesus that we know now. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, and watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. Amen? Amen? And it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. So, God has planted me here to serve him, 
to bring this message, so he is sending it here to everybody in this room, as well as our presence online. Praise God that you are getting an invitation to his arms. And this is most important because uh, I know that it was said as well that sometimes we get so busy. You know, the devil knows what he's doing. He puts stuff in front of you and distracts you. Oh, salvation, you've got it. Don't worry about it. Don't, you don't have to be obedient anymore. You're good. Just, you know, do this over here and don't practice this. Don't pray. Like, you, you have more time later on. You can serve God later. It's okay. It's okay. No. Today is the day of salvation. Today, it says, you know, we sang about it. God drew a line in the sand. Where are you on that line? Are you on the side of salvation or are you on the side of the world? Which one are you picking today? I saw a powerful image that says, sin, you can either die with it or die to it. Mm. So where are you guys on that side today? I'm encouraging myself as well as you guys. It's not just, I'm no, no special thing. I'm one of the greatest sinners. But Christ has performed miracles in my life, and I'm here to serve him. And I love to serve him with you guys. Amen? Amen. So for those of you online that have not made Jesus your Lord, and you want to, and you see the power of it, and you see the precious, the compassion with it, and, and you want to get to know him, we want to help you. We want to be there with you and walk you through the word of God here at Spirit of Prophecy Church. But first, let's, let's say this prayer together. So everybody, close your eyes, bow your heads, and say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, admit I admit that I am a sinner. I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later. I receive his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And we praise God for that prayer. We know what it means to us. I mean, whenever I prayed that prayer myself, my life changed. And I'm here to tell you that once you pray that prayer, things are not sunshine and rainbows. Jesus actually says, there will be troubles, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So we have made best friends with the Savior, with the God. I don't, I don't mean to say that lightly. He is a friend, but he is also your God. He is the Lord over all things, over every person, every living creature, anything that breathes air, that breathes water, any plant that's living. He is the Lord. He is able to command the boundaries of water. And he cares for you. Who is man that he is mindful of you? Wow. You were made in his image, in his likeness. Don't take that lightly. If you're asking who you are, your identity, the God of salvation preserves you. Amen? And he tells you, he told me who I am in him. I was, I was a wreck, as you guys heard. But he's giving me a purpose. And like I said, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There is rebuke along the way. But that is, there is salvation towards the end. The same way with Noah. He, he gave him, um, or actually he assured life after judgment. That's why we're here. Life after judgment. We'll be sitting with him up in heaven. Right? We'll see him on the throne with his father. 
and we'll be praising him every step of the way. Amen. Amen. We are seated in heavenly places right now, is what Pastor Louis is reminding me. So thank you guys. Uh, everybody online, if you have any additional questions for us, uh, you want to learn a little bit more about Jesus or about the Bible, how to read it, anything like that, we have a bunch of people here that love the Lord, that love reading the Bible and uh, like, to dis- um, like to pick it the way that I do. Uh, but anyway, if you, if you just prayed that uh, sinner's prayer, please email at, I hope this is still an updated email, contact at spiritprophecychurch.com. All right. And also, those of you online and want to be a part of us and like to help us out, uh, we do have open donations, so you can donate. And we would love for you to be a part of us if you're in the area. We're here in Plano, Texas, and we have a bunch of beautiful smiling faces that would love to greet you at the door. So please come on board with us, um, open arms, and we would love to grow with you. Um, And that's everything that I had. Today is the day of salvation. Remember that. Today is your day that you could think about it. So please, please, please go read your Bibles. Go, you know, enjoy your families and loved ones and think about what it means for you to be saved. What are you saved from? What did he save you from? He saved me from much. That's why I'm here, grateful that I can be in front of you all. Praise the Lord and hallelujah. Go and praise the Lord.